0: Welcome to the Move Daily Health Podcast, where we share information to empower you to be your own health hero.
1: Welcome back to the Move Daily Health Podcast. I am Dane Wallace here with Freya Spence, and today we are going to be covering some frequently asked health questions that we've received either on Instagram, via email, or with our clients. Hmm.
0: So in no particular order, these are just FAQs that we get and are frequently engaged with. The first one is, do you need to track calories to be healthy?
1: One of my favorite questions, and the answer is no. You do not need to track calories to be healthy. Can you? Of course, absolutely. It is one way to do things. It is what I would describe as the hard way to do things. Yes, energy balance matters. 100% energy balance matters, but calories in dictates calories out. So if you take in fewer calories, for example, then you're actually going to put fewer calories out and you cannot reduce calories forever. So just focusing on reducing calories is going to be a pretty futile exercise because eventually you're not going to be able to do that or sustain that. And then the process is going to, kind of cycle back so no you don't have to do that um and either you live in a way that encourages your you know a stable body weight and healthy body um through sleep stress movement the whole organism um or you do not nothing to add cool all right nailed it so now i have one for freya does core strength solve back pain
0: Uh, the answer is no So uh, most people who have low back pain, or we could say back pain, like spine pain, anywhere along the chain, but most people with low back pain have lost the ability to move well at the hips and at the shoulders and upstream, so upstream and downstream from the area of discomfort, and that will perpetuate problems with the low back. The other thing that we see most often is they don't need to amass more strength, like total strength. They're actually using their backs a lot. What they do need to work on is learning how to tension properly and how to relax properly. So a lot of people who've experienced low back pain have an inability to respond and tension as quickly as someone who has not experienced back pain. So if you get jarred or something, or like your dog pulls you on a leash, you someone with back pain is slower to respond and to react. Consequently, they are also slower to relax. So there's some rigidity that is built into the system. So somebody who has experienced low back pain doesn't need to just amass more strength. They actually need to to learn how to or, sorry, I hate using the word tone, tune those muscles to respond appropriately to the task at hand. So they need to relax, they need to contract, they need to know how to do both, and everything in between in accordance with the task at hand, whether it's walking a dog or picking up groceries or putting things overhead. And then the final thing there is that most of them have very poor breathing mechanics. So working on breathing mechanics is a great way to stabilize the back, whereas doing a ton of planks and crunches is not necessarily going to get you the end result that you're looking for that's great so dane is plant-based better for the environment and for health that's
1: a great question and one that is highly debated i would say um the answer is no both can be better for health and for the environment relative to let's say the standard american diet which is filled with highly processed foods that come from unsustainable sources. But plant-based is not by default better for health or for the environment. What matters more than plant versus animal is food sourcing. Okay? So choosing foods that are produced using regenerative and sustainable production practices like diverse farms, for example... Just because it comes from a plant does not mean that production doesn't have a negative impact on animals and ecosystems. So intensive monocrop farms, for example, or distance traveled for produce being shipped all over the country. Plants are just, they're not safe and better for us. Just by default, you really have to check in that source. Uh, I, I'll just elaborate a little bit on that and just say that we spend less on food now than we ever have in our history and this is because major corporations have made processed foods incredibly cheap and we're driven to buy cheap whole foods as well because we see other foods being produced cheaply. So we end up buying, you know, crappy meat that is comes from sick animals and vegetables that come from monocropped farms. Um, and the real money, sorry, the real answer is to spend as much of your money on food as you can. Again, everyone comes from a different economic status, but a lot of us also and consume a lot of things that we don't necessarily need. There's a lot of disposable products out there that we prioritize above quality food because we know we can get cheaper, lower-quality foods. But if you have the means, spending spending more money on food, prioritizing that over entertainment, for example, is the best way to make sure you are doing the best thing for your health and for the environment. Freya, is there an ideal posture for sleep?
0: I love this one. No. (laughs) I feel like we're answering a lot of no's. Just straight up, no, there isn't. Um, Some people have been taught that the best posture for sleep is lying on your back because it's perfect for the spine. And um, I call BS on that. We are variable. And if we're spending, hopefully, spending uh, at least eight hours in bed at night, it's okay to be variable there. What does matter, though, is that because we spend so much time there, it does matter what pillow we use. And we need to find ones that are supportive of our sleeping structure. Because if you're waking up every morning with headaches, uh, neck pain, and shoulder pain, chances are high it's just not the right pillow for you and changing that alone can make a huge difference. Health. some people go without and they do really well without. So you have to play around with that yourself. Your pillow matters, your mattress matters, your environment of sleep matters, but you are allowed to move your body and you do not have to force yourself or train yourself to be sleeping on your back. In fact, a lot of people will mouth breathe when on their back and that is just a straight shot towards waking up with headaches, waking up without feeling rested and um, living in a sort of stressed state while we're sleeping. So where you sleep and the positions you sleep in should feel supportive. You shouldn't be waking up, you know, well, I should, I should say there's, there's variability here because with certain conditions that happens anyway, but we want to minimize how much discomfort you wake up in and having variability within like your pillows or maybe using a weighted blanket is a great way to make sure that you get high quality sleep but forcing a certain posture especially one that forces you to mouth breathe n- not good so um, unfortunately I've seen a lot of people have been told this by various uh, chiropractors I'm not not a fan of chiros it's just that that's where I've seen it coming from and I'm not entirely sure why other than some have argued that they've seen it in patients, but correlation and and causation are are very different things, and anecdotes are not data. Fact. So, Dane, is fasting good for weight loss?
1: Yes! No, no. I mean, it can't be. It is one strategy. Fasting is one strategy. If you fast and you limit your window, which limits your calorie intake, that can result in weight loss. That is possible. However, uh, I recently wrote a blog on this. If you go to our blog, you can find uh, two blogs, one on circadian rhythms, one on intermittent fasting. They both kind of play off one another that will further explain this. But I will just say that it's not a great tool for most people for weight loss just because a restrictive mindset is a bad tool long-term for both health and body composition because less eating generally will lead to less muscle, which will lead to lower metabolism, which will lead to harder results to sustain over time. Uh, Your circadian rhythms will also be skewed if you decide to fast through the morning hours and eat late. Again, another bad habit for health. And anybody who has had issues with disordered eating in the past, fasting can be a trigger for this and is not a good strategy for anybody who falls under that umbrella. Um, It's also very hard to nourish the body when you have a shorter eating window. It puts a lot of pressure on the meals you do eat to give the body all the things it needs to thrive. So if I was going to recommend intermittent fasting to anybody, it would be early evening restrict, um, intermittent fasting, meaning start your day with a nice big breakfast, have lunch, and then cut your eating off at dinner and don't eat later than that. That's really the only thing I would recommend because that does support healthy circadian rhythms and can be very productive over time. And Freya, is pain always a sign to tissue damage?
0: Well, I think anyone who's listened to us up until this point will understand that the answer is is a clear and resounding no, it is not. Um, You can get pain with zero tissue damage for a number of different reasons, and you can also have no pain with great tissue damage. And in the Pain 101 blog we wrote about this, there were two examples of construction workers, both uh, experiencing issues with nail guns. One, the nail went through his boot, was losing his mind in so much pain they had to knock him out in order to take the boot off and realize that the nail hadn't made it through his foot so but he was like writhing around in pain another construction worker um shot himself in the face with a nail gun but didn't realize it and so it had like lodged up there um somewhere in (laughs) some sinuses and and noticed that he had some headaches that week so went got in got imaging, and they ultimately found that he had a nail lodged into his skull. Now, you could wonder why on earth doesn't, didn't that hurt? And, and part of it is our own ocular system, so our eyes, giving us the feedback of what just happened. And so it goes to show, it exemplifies how pain can be subjective. The other side of it is the more fear you have around a certain pain experience. So, you know, if, if you have an association with, oh, my God, this kind of, this area... Being in pain means I won't be able to do X, Y, Z. You may have a greater fear response. You may sense that pain even more because of the broader implication it has on your life. And so um, the other side of it is just that based on our pain experiences over time, we all have very different opinions and, and some people might wind up with the exact same injury and we've seen this before. They have the same... Uh, injury on paper, but the pain behaves very differently in their bodies, so it doesn't always mean there's tissue harm. It doesn't mean your pain isn't real, though, and so that's another layer to address, and that's part of the reason that we really work on addressing function and all the potential triggers within your environment or anything going on that could elicit that, that pain response, because, again, it's real, but it is not tied to tissue damage. Great. And last but not least, Dane, is meat necessary in a healthy diet?
1: Again, no. Meat is not necessary in a healthy diet. There's a lot of places on the planet where they don't have access to meat most of the time and lots of populations that really do eat plant-based. So it is not necessary uh, to eat in a healthy diet, but I will counter that to say protein is an important macronutrient for overall health. And so if you are going to eat a meat-free diet and again I'll include fish in in meat as well Um, and then especially if you're going to go fully animal free so no no eggs nothing at all of the sort it puts a lot of pressure on the plant sources that you're going to eat Uh, you're going to need to get a lot of protein from pulses and legumes uh, rices and grains nuts and seeds And if you want to maintain your overall health status, then you have to be very diligent with your diet and have it dialed in or there will be problems over time. All right, well, I think that's all we have for today in this quick hit podcast with frequently asked questions. So thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you next time on the Move Daily Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. To hear more, head on over to Stitcher or iTunes and subscribe to the Move Daily Health Podcast and don't hesitate to leave us a review. Thanks for listening.